Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello and welcome back to the funny thing about yoga. This is Gianna and I'm here by myself right now. Bradshaw's going to be joining me in just a moment along with a very special guest. Before we get into it, I just want to thank you all for listening and supporting our podcast and for rating, following, reviewing, subscribing, all of that. It's so helpful. It helps raise visibility for our podcast and, you know, share it with others. Now, if you want to be involved with the podcast, you can go to our website, kayayogaschool.com slash podcast, and you can fill out that little form that either asks for content that you want to hear about, or you can actually submit a voice memo and ask us questions. So check that out if you are intrigued. Now, today we are really excited to get really real. We talk about things that I don't think that are talked about enough, namely pay and pay structures and the difference between teaching at your local mom and pop studio versus like corporate franchisee yoga. And the perfect person to talk about this stuff with is Amy Apgar. Amy is from New York City. Both Bradshaw and I met her when she came to Chicago to scout out yoga teachers for a space she was working at before the pandemic. And she happened upon both Bradshaw and my class uh, at different times at different studios. And she liked our classes. She invited us to audition for that studio. And fast forward, pandemic changed everything. But we've been following along with Amy's journey both as a yoga teacher and fitness professional. And on Instagram, she's been creating reels that are super inspiring. She addresses some of the toxicity of the fitness world, as well as shine a light onto some of the absurdities that full-time yoga teachers are faced with in the industry. Stay tuned. Let's bring on Bradshaw and Amy. Okay, so we're here with Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Gianna. Hi, Bradshaw. Hello, welcome. We're Thank- so excited to have you. I am thrilled. Thank you for being here. Um, we start every episode kind of the same. We've introduced you a little bit, but we'd love for you to let the audience know a bit about yourself, how you came to yoga, what you're up to now, and anything else you want to mention. Totally. Um, I came to yoga in the basic way, which is to say that I was a dancer and I really liked that I was quote unquote good at yoga because I was super flexible. So I was like, this feels rewarding to me. And then I, you know, kept, kept doing it that way. Um, and in college started teaching, um, just like, (laughs) It was literally in the campus gym. I had not done a 200 hour 
I had one person who like mentored me. Um, and then I would be like Googling yoga poses like before <laughs> class. <laughs> like, they had me on like a podium and I would, I had to mirror everything. So I used to literally like on my left hand, I would draw with a pen, like a little R. And then on my right hand, I would draw a little L so that I knew <laughs> which side was which as I was mirroring. So that, that was my first real teaching job. Um, and then uh, after I graduated school in Ohio, shout out Midwest, I moved to New York City and then did my actual 200 hour. Um, that was in 2013. So this has been my whole gig since then. I'm, I've been doing the full-time teacher thing. I've done many like iterations of that from just like pure gig life, teaching 15 classes a week to like being a manager of a studio, you know, teacher trainings, all the things. And um, that kind of leads me to now, I guess. I am back to gig life, but I am also a certified personal trainer now. And so I've brought that into my, into my practice. So I'm teaching yoga classes, working with private clients, and then uh, coaching strength training as well. Are you in New York? Are yes. you back in New York? Okay. Did you leave New York I during the pandemic? I've been here the whole pandemic, but I okay. did have a, a brief stint in the Bahamas last year where mm -hmm. I got a random opportunity to go teach yoga for three months on an island. So I did. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. That's great. Where, where in New York are you? I'm up in Harlem in Manhattan. Okay. Okay. And are, so you're teaching, are you teaching at one studio right now? Are you teaching all over? I'm a little all over. Um, I have one studio, um, Humming Puppy, that I would consider mm. kind of my, my home studio where I feel um, just super connected to the community. I'm there the most throughout the week. Um, but I'm also a couple other places including a, a kind of a corporate e gym setting, which is a whole other thing. So. It's a whole yeah. world. It's a whole yeah. different world. <laughs> it's a whole different beast. Yes, yes, yes. What's it like teaching at the, like, what's the, explain to our listeners, because I know what you mean without even saying anything, but like, what's the difference in these like corporate fitness slash yoga <laughs> venues <laughs> compared to like studios or gyms, you know, cause there's a lot of like corporate gyms in Chicago. It's the same thing. They have like these big corporations on these gyms within, within the, or even gym. corporate studio versus like your mom and pop studio. Oh, that's true. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. When you say corporate, are you thinking like core, is that you're talking about like core power? Is that like more corporate? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm not like, making, oh. I'm just like serious. Is it? Is that like yeah. corporate, corp, corporate studio? I would say like core power yoga six. Oh, um, okay. You know, like I completely that. misunderstood that. So yeah. never mind. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> but then like corporate gym could be, you know, Equinox. Yes. Lifetime, okay. whatever this LA fitness. Yeah. Crunch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's super interesting, right? Cause like, I think there's going to be pros and cons of each. Totally. Um, Sometimes, not always, sometimes the corporate situation can pay better, mm -hmm. but sometimes they can really, really not. Like, mm -hmm. they, like they can be super 
like exploiting of their teachers by, you know, there's this huge, like this wealthy CEO. And then there's like, you know, a million branches all mm-hmm. across the country. And you're like, oh, but you're paying your teachers like $30 a class. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes like they're backed by that whole corporate structure. There's obviously a ton of resources and funding mm. and that can translate into a higher class rate. Um, so it depends. In my case, I would say my, my experience currently right now working at a corporate, and I'm teaching yoga in this setting, a uh, corporate gym. And again, by corporate, I mean, there's like a ton of branches. It's a mm. national chain. My teaching rate is a little higher than the the studios that I'm at, but I could, I'm constantly being like, but at what cost, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, you would, my expectation was like, oh, cool. This is a big chain. They're so corporate. It's going to be really organized. Like, you know, there's <laughs> like a manager of a manager and like all these things and all yeah. this protocol, but my experience at least is that there tends to be a huge disconnect between the corporate at the top and what's actually happening on the day-to-day like on the ground mm-hmm. and in fact like some of just the like for something so corporate like the most unprofessional and disorganized communication styles that I have ever encountered like in my career <laughs> like it's actually shocking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, is, is different from a smaller studio setting where often you're communicating with the owner directly or like you have way more face time with your manager or um, I don't know, that flow of communication is just easier and more natural and therefore the day-to-day support that you need um, is, is more present. Mm-hmm. Well, also, cause it's like, you can, if it's smaller, you can kind of go directly to the source. Like you just go to the studio manager, or you go to the owner when you're working in a corporate setting like that or corporate gyms. And I've, I've worked in gyms like that and still do more on like a local level where there's local chains, uh, not so much outside, not outside of Chicago, but, um, there's more moving parts, like more people, more moving parts. And then often a major, I agree with you, sometimes a major, uh, disconnect. I've been very, very lucky with um, the corporate chain that I kind of work at in Chicago because I have a good relationship with the group fitness manager and like that person runs all of the group fitness. And so I'm only reporting to that one person. That's one thing they do really well, but I've, I've heard and worked at other places where that's not the case. And then also you're sometimes reporting to someone who knows nothing about what you're teaching. And then they're like giving you advice on like on a format that they literally know nothing about which is also weird. Totally. Or they'll bring in, because this is a national chain, they will bring in managers from other places. Hmm. And so they're coming in with a certain mindset of how to run things. And we're all like, um, this is Brooklyn. Like that's not, (laughs) yeah, of course, of course. It's a different, it's a different, it's a different culture. It's a different way of life. I mean, like the way you're going to teach and operate something in Brooklyn, New York is going to be different than fucking, you know, Nashville or in the middle of somewhere in like, you know, like it's, these are different worlds. Yeah. And then you try to explain that to them. They're like, what are you talking about? This is all one brand. And it's like, yeah, but it's like nationalized standard. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And then like the other big thing that I want to say about working in corporate settings, my experience so far, like 
they don't give a fuck about you. Like, yeah, you're disposable. <laughs> you are disposable. Oh, you're not happy. You're not satisfied. No worries. I'll slot in some other teacher. Like there's not, I don't, I haven't experienced the type of support that I've gotten in a smaller, more kind of community-based setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, these big corporate like brands, you are expected to like, aid in growing the brand of course not, not yourself as a teacher yeah. so everything that you do has to fit that brand aesthetic and at the end of the day you can put all the blood sweat and tears into building that brand for this other entity but like they're not gonna have your back you're not gonna get rewarded for that and you can think that you'll play the game and like climb up this ladder but like it's You're, not happening. Not happening. You're still no. Yeah. Well, like, and that really does make me think, and I've never worked for Core Power, but I have a lot of experience with friends who have worked for Core Power, and I have no problem saying their name. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, but like, I, I, so I have and a lot of friends, like, if people ask, people ask me a lot because Core Power is huge in Chicago. It's mm-hmm. a huge, huge, huge corporate yoga. Like, they're on every goddamn block. Yeah. If there's not a yoga studio, their Core Power is there you know? Um, and this, they also pump out teacher trainings like every two seconds. They try to get people to sign up for trainings. They pay them then $25 They then uh, they then require them to do Gianna's like, Oh, watch out. Brad's about to have a fucking heart attack. I know. They then require them. <laughs> they require them to be like, Oh, you did your training. Just kidding. You're not done. You now have to work for free. Yeah. Which is illegal. Uh, and then if you're a good teacher, if you're like, you know, I deserve to get paid more again, I'm going to be very, very honest. I know some very great grounded, fantastic yoga teachers that have come from core power that are very good at what they do, but they leave because they get abused and abused. They get paid $30. And when they say, fuck it, I'm not dealing with this anymore. They said, nope, no problem. I can, you know, get this 22 year old who literally has no experience teaching to take over your class. Cause they'll teach, they'll do it for nothing. Yeah. And I heard that you're expected I don't know if this is true you could confirm this or not but they're expected to share their sequences that there's like a um like a book that they keep at the desks for you to like write down your sequences in and -hmm. like share it with the other teachers like if you need a core power sequence there's Mm -hmm. this like collective database Oh yeah. So you can like go and in and take like other people's content. Put, That's really I wouldn't want to put my property or content mm. in that. Not that I'm, I've invented something for the first time, but it's like, I no. just spent my time on that. I would also, I also wanted to say, as you like are talking about this corporate setting, there's another corporate um, place in Chicago that Gianna worked at <laughs> that shall be not oh, named. Cause God. Yeah. Well, because I don't know, like, you know, anyway. Are you going to talk about my life for me? <laughs> no, I'm going to talk about me. <laughs> and so- but- are, are Gianna, just let me this? tell the story I know about me getting say. hired and then quitting. Yeah, that's so it, okay. I, I, I went into this audition and they're like, they literally were like, you know, you're performers. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm performers. I think I'm a yoga teacher, but okay. Uh, which was also very, like, the, it was very weird. Like the, the audition, I also never really auditioned. That's a, we can get into a whole other story about that. But um, I've yeah, auditioned pr- a couple times. It's called privilege. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> keep yeah, going being a weight gay man actually does that right? exactly I'm the talent so the talent. <laughs> I'm the talent and so we they hire me uh, mainly because they know I'm Gianna and they know like you know that we're friends and she put a good word in for me they actually said to me are we gonna regret this and I was like no and then you fucking get the they job. said are you gonna regret this they did 
Yeah. Are we going to regret this? Okay. Well, they did because they literally quit. So then, um, <laughs> well, Gianna, Gianna was like, it's very corporate. Like it's very formatted. Like you have to teach the format. And I'm like, whatever. And they were paying a higher rate. So I was like, okay, yeah. they're going to pay my rate that I require. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, suck it up a little bit. And then I started doing the train, the training, which was like, hours and hours and hours of video okay but how much let's be honest how much time did you put into the training i watched one video i said i can't do this so <laughs> i literally watched one video i can't do this so then then i started watching the sequencing for you know the formats and i was like again this is my opinion take it for what it is i just i hated the sequencing like i yes. literally load the sequencing i was like this is some of the worst sequencing i've ever seen i cannot believe they're teaching this that was how i, I was shocked can i, I add shocked. just one thing wait to that. what because you're you're talking like this in a way at a place that i worked for a long time and i i just want to say that mm -hmm. it actually challenged me creatively <laughs> Because I wasn't a fan of the template of like, how can I make the, how can I fit in the template and still like sequence, like true to myself? So I think it was like, you did learn a lot. I'm like flipping this as a positive challenge. It's like it, it had to expand my mind a little bit, but go on. Yes. And also, also to be fair to Gianna, like Gianna. I was way more well-connected just in the yoga scene at that time than she was, where she's like, I need another job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have enough work right now. So like, yeah. I'm willing to take that. And I totally get that. I just think, and here's, I already, I already had been teaching all, uh, I've already, I already had my foot in the door. I didn't need to have my foot in another door, but I was like, why not open up more opportunity? Just see what happens. If it works, yeah. it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but I, you know, I had to kind of stand my ground and I, I, I was, I was very nice, but I called the manager and I said, I can't do this. And she said, why? And I said, well, number one, this sequencing I think is really awful. Um, I can't believe that they're teaching it in these spaces. And she's like, well, the guy who created it went to India. And I was like, well, a lot of people can go to India. So this just like this weird, like they went to India. So like, there's a lot of amazing tra trainings in India. And I bet there's a lot of bad ones too, just because you're going any, we could go to India and do a training. I mean, anyone can go to India and do a training. So I was like, that's, does it make sense? Um, I don't think the entire country of India, like endorses your sequence. Right. Um, so I, yeah, that was just my experience. And I can't, I have to say, I can't picture her saying that, but I, she said it, this person, but I wasn't it. there. I was not there. So mm -hmm. she said, it. but that's always like, that's like a funny thing that happens a lot. I'm sure this has happened to you. Like some, sometimes I don't know if you've both had this experience, but I've had people take my class before, just like random people I've never met, not in this corporate environment who then like like kind of like grill me of like where did I train oh it's so like, annoying they're like oh, has that oh, ever I happened to you? you I trained true I went to India yeah I'm like okay exactly. okay Rebecca thank you so much I hope you had a good 200 hour in India <laughs> again I love India it's not India it's the people yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so uh it's the utilizing of a whole entire culture and culture like, and people and country and people to try to like weirdly legitimize whatever weird opinion you're putting forth. Like, um, and yeah, I just, I think it's really funny that you're saying all this about this, this certain corporate entity, because, um, even if I didn't know beforehand that it's the same corporate entity that I ah! 
I work at, I would, I would know based on your description of the onboarding process, which was the biggest shit show that I've ever had the misfortune of having to be involved with. And just like hours and hours and pages of pages of like, it felt like everything in this corporate onboarding that was like relevant, important information about like teaching there, like, Mm -hmm. you know, where, how to, how to work the heat, like what the logistics of the room, like the check-in process, like things like that, that would be like good information to know was nowhere to be found, but yeah, yeah, it was like training after training about like, you should pick up a dirty towel that's on the floor and also (laughs) do like revolved twisted lunge into warrior one facing the other side of the room yeah or the (laughs) contract and then expand it's like why does the opposite movement have to be in the extreme range of motion in the other direction like why can't we just like no I mean based on all that stuff like there's no scientific proof there's there's no research that's been done that it's beneficial at all it's just someone's weird opinion that got put in there and yeah it keeps getting proliferated and the difference is that I really needed a job. And, of, of course. Yeah. And, you know, post pandemic teaching through 2020, it's better now. Like it has been improving. Actually, it's, it's way better, of course, now. But like even 2022 was still really rough. And so that's why I, I went forward with it. But um, man, talk about like degrading things we've had to do mm-hmm. for a paycheck, you know? And, yeah. And, and also the unpaid labor is one thing we touched on from um, core power, which by the way, also I never worked there, never trained there, have no problem just shit talking core power all day long. <laughs> um, but like at this corporate place, and now this isn't true that I have had some smaller mom and pops who have expected this also, mm-hmm. but like the expectation of the unpaid labor it's like, damn, you guys are this huge corporate facility. You Mm -hmm. have cleaning staff. You have people to pay whose full job it is to maintain the space. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I I would bill them for that time. We get, no, we get a, so we, this is what was confusing. (laughs) It all sounds confusing to me. This is interesting. It all sounds pretty fucking confusing. But no, but I think this is so good because if people are listening to this and like, you know, A, it's still like this weird taboo to talk about pay. Like, 100%. Yeah. 100%. B, like, I want to be real about expectations and C, like, if you are working and you are being exploited, like, I want you to feel empowered to be like, that's fucked up and mm-hmm. I can advocate for myself. But that's what I tried to do in this situation. Like, they have given us a class rate the class rate I feel is a, it's appropriate. It's good. I'm, I'm down with that. I think that's what I should get paid for my skills and expertise for the duration of the 60 minutes that I am teaching. We do clock in and clock out and we do have expectations for pre and post class, but we are not paid for that time. It is included in our class rate. Mm which I find to be shady as fuck, especially when you are sending me messages like, hey, 
everyone, you need to empty the trash in the room after your class and you need to grab the Swiffer and clean Whoa. the floors. I literally was like, no, wow. I should not be doing that. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. hire me as a, you know, as a operation staff, if you want me to maintain, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to be a diva. Like, obviously I'll like, you know, put the props back and stuff and the things that I've used for class, I'll maintain. And I'm not going to leave the room Mm -hmm. faster, but like, I'm not gonna, you're now piling on things that are actual job duties that I'm not being compensated for. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, also you bring up a really interesting word, which I think John and I talk about this a lot, which is like, you're a diva, which is like, okay, you're a female who's demanding that you get paid a certain rate and that you're not doing other work that you're not being paid for. So you're a diva, you're difficult to work with. When I just, when I do that, which Gianna knows, I've set very, very strong boundaries with what I will and will not do. I'm just assertive, Mm -hmm. you know? So that took me a long time to really wrap my head around because I would say to a lot of my, uh, you know, female presenting yoga teachers that I worked with, that they would be like, I'd be like, just ask for more money. Just ask for more money. That was not great advice coming from me. It took me a very long time to kind of realize my privilege and where I was coming from. But like, it is very interesting. I see it, see it, I see it more and more and working closer with Gianna because we are very transparent and honest with each other about our experiences and all forms of yoga and teaching and pay and all these things that it's, um, it's much easier in a vinyasa world for a white, man to ask for or anywhere to ask for more money but it's even more i think in some ways it's even it's just as easy in a, in the vinyasa world because there's so many females we're a dime a dozen yeah and it's <laughs> it feels maybe more like we were talking about like if you're not going to do it someone else will so mm-hmm. you feel like maybe you have to accept things because you like want you're more disposable yeah. 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 And it's, it's hard to generate change as well. Um, not just around like the unpaid expectations of, of extra labor and things like that, which like, it's like, it, it doesn't have to be that way. I, the other studio that I work at that I love, we get paid well above minimum wage for the time that we are asked to be there prior to class when we're working the check-in. Like there's no Mm -hmm. reason to not compensate that people for that time. You know, you're a professional when you are, if you are doing pre-class duties, you're still a professional who Mm -hmm. is there, you know, um, helping support this studio space. Um, But you're exactly right that I think when you do try to push back or make waves, you're labeled as difficult. And I've seen this too, when I was working as a manager in that, not just about labor and pre and post class duties, but like larger things around the company vision or brand or practices. Um, I saw this happen to other people before me. And then I saw it happen for me as well. The folks that pushed back or questioned leadership or um, had a critique of leadership or felt um, that they had been wronged in some way and they tried to bring up their grievances, despite even sometimes that setting, like claiming to have a focus on things like feedback and inclusivity, they would get pushed out. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Then it becomes everyone who's left are the people that are are afraid to say anything. Well, won't say any or won't because they're like, well, that doesn't affect me and I'm benefiting from this. So Mm -hmm. the people left are the ones that will nod and smile and just do whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I've always thought too, I mean, like I've been very, I feel very lucky um, to be at studios like Bare Feet where I first started teaching also at Zen, more like, you know, like you're referring to mom pa studios, even though Zen is huge, but it is still just one studio with four spaces. Um, to always be taken care of and compensated well, I've just been lucky in that sense. Um, I but I've also then because I've been lucky in the I first. I don't place, like the word luck. <laughs> like, what? what does lucky mean? Not lucky. I mean, I just what what do you want to say? Blessed. I, I don't know, but like, oh yeah, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I feel I oh, not even like, I feel like I've been taken care of. Like those, those spaces took care of me uh, okay. as they should. It sounds like you're not ignoring red flags to keep <laughs> proceeding with working in working situations where you don't feel aligned or comfortable, you know, like you're, you let that other thing go and you were like, mm-hmm. for me, you know what I mean? So it is also like, seeking out and finding the places where you feel good and like trying to build with them. Of course, of course. And I, I sorry, Jika. I was going to say, I think Amy and I were like in the same exact spot when we took on the opportunity that we're referring to is because it's like everything changed, obviously 2020, 2021. And it's like rebuilding with all the new changes that the yoga world has endured, especially in bigger cities like New York, Chicago, even in California, everywhere with how long lockdowns lasted and everything. I think we need to talk a little bit more about what you were saying a little bit earlier, just like transparency and pay. And I want to bring up one of your reels, excuse me, one of your reels like popped up as we were like, what topics do we want to talk about? Who do we want to bring on the podcast? And it's like, why don't we bring Amy? Like you're bringing to light a lot of these things we're talking about that I think is very hush hush in the industry. And I remember like going on auditions and like wanting to ask how much it pays before the audition, but like not wanting to lose the opportunity to audition, but like, I need to get a class covered so I could make that audition time. And it's like, well, is it going to even be worth it or things like that? So I don't know. Can you tell us a little bit about just your reel or yeah, what prompted that? Or like, yeah, I'll link the reel that I'm talking about specifically in the show notes. So the folks listening can click in and I was like this, I was watching it and I was like, oh, she's going off. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope that, um, (laughs) I'm, well, did you get a lot of response from it? Yeah. Yeah. A ton. So the real is, which by the way, if anyone does go look, they're going to see my very chaotic approach to social media, which is like, <laughs> okay, but I think this ties into like what we're talking about. Like you have to market yourself. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I'm always like, Amy, no one will know what you do if you don't tell them what you do. But like my approach to social media is to just like chaotically be hyper-focused on making content, post a bunch of it decide I hate it and it's cringe, delete a bunch of it, and then not do anything for five months. <laughs> but the reel that you're referring to is one that I made because I genuinely was like trying to rebuild. So this is me to set the scene. I had been working with this the yoga company that I met both of you 
through, sorry, there's back, background noise, even inside my apartment in New York City. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, loud on my block. Um, okay, so the reel that you are referencing was born out of like me post pandemic. Prior to that, I had met you both because I was in this management position with this yoga company. I was coming to Chicago, recruiting teachers, helping open a place there. Um, was obsessed with both of your classes. Couldn't get you to come on <laughs> to audition with me or maybe Gianna, we were like maybe going to. Um, which in retrospect, I guess was great for you guys. I, I did audition with you, but the, I don't think I was the vibe because, um, I thought you were like traveling or something. Yeah. So I did the first round of auditions and then I missed the second week or something like that because yeah. I was in California. But after the first week, it was like, we need you to be more upbeat and enthusiastic and go with the music. And I was like, I don't know if I'm a cheerleader. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But you're like, good job, everyone. I'm like, good job. <laughs> Inhale, exhale. <laughs> regardless, that studio closed. Everything then obviously shut down. Pandemic happens. Fast forward 2022. I'm trying to rebuild. I'm no longer with this place. I'm doing gig life. I'm working at a bunch of different places. I'm cultivating my private clients and I'm looking for more places to teach. And the, the things that I am seeing are just honestly insulting and a huge mm. mess as far as what uh, like the hiring situation that these studios are putting out. So that was really the real was just me being like, literally, I'm talking to my friends, other friends are in the same boat, you know, other instructors that I know, you know, we're looking to, to take on more jobs and rebuild post pandemic. And here's what we're seeing that is actually out there for opportunities. And it's literally just me clicking through these listings that I had found and screenshotted. <laughs> and of course, everyone is like, be 500 hour, be mm -hmm. like proficient in prenatal, be fluent in Sanskrit, like yeah. just insane, you know, qualifications, like have 10 years of experience um, and we're gonna pay you $25 a class. In New York City, in <laughs> New York City, $25. In New York City. Which probably costs you $25 to get there. Yes. <laughs> Cost me a hundred dollars just to step outside and breathe air. Yeah. So like <laughs> Wait, did I ever tell you, Bradshaw? And I know I didn't tell you this. When I first moved to Chicago, I took a job that paid per head. And I'll just be honest, it paid six dollars per head. After taking the train round trip, like five fifty. <laughs> one person showed up i made 50 cents oh yeah that's happened yeah i think we've all been I was in like that i can't i can't i can't live here yeah i mean when you're like 20 25 dollars i mean like that is insane and insulting i mean that is fucking crazy and but people are doing it because there's so, there's so many trainings there's so many people there's so many people who are certified so it's easy like they can find a teacher that will teach it for 20 dollars yeah and it's so, and that, that's a great point, Gianna, too. Like what I highlighted in that reel is that I literally dug through all this old, like old correspondence that I had from some of my very first teaching jobs. And so 
that would be around like 2014, 2015. And the, um, the rates that I was off, like starting rates, and some of these I, I got higher later on, but like the starting rates at that time for me were like $40, $50 a class. Um, one of them was like a 25 base with a per head after it. Mm -hmm. So like, and I'm not gonna, per head can be good. Like I've worked per head jobs where 30 mats fit in the class. And if you sell out the class and you're getting, you know, X amount per head, like it can be lucrative, but there's a lot of factors with that. But regardless, it's just like, so in 2014, 15, this was the starting rate. And here we are 2023. And these starting rates that you're offering are, you know, similar or often less and like significantly Mm -hmm. less. And so that math does not math for me because my rent has gone up (laughs) quite a bit. So, I mean, something's got to give. And I just think if you cannot afford to pay your, your instructors, your staff, um, a living wage that, that they're worthy and deserving of, you shouldn't have a business. Mm -hmm. And then also, don't you want to keep your talent? Like, yeah, don't you want to, like, you want to pay people well, so they stay because if someone's really, really a really good teacher and you're not paying them well, they're just going to leave. Not always, but you know, a lot of the time they will leave, which is, I mean, I'm thinking right now of another, when I think corporate, just cause I've taught a lot of corporate yoga in like corporate settings. Mm-hmm. So like I brought, you know, for, you know, whatever big companies and they're like, you know, a lot of them over the years, they get rid of the program after a year, two years. And they're like, we don't have the money. I'm like, you don't have the money. You literally just ordered 500 pizzas <laughs> for your, for your employees. So I find it interesting to think that you don't have the money. And I think it's very interesting in that corporate setting, they came to claim to really be caring about mental health, well-being, exercise, but they're literally buying people shitty dinners for thousands of dollars a day right. and they can't provide $150 for one yoga class a week. So like, and that's fine. That I'm not, they can do whatever they want with their money, but don't claim to be something when you're not actually that thing. Yeah. And that's, that's the other piece of this, like, okay, so you own a yoga studio, you know, you have all this stuff on your website and sometimes even in these listings about like we're inclusive and we're <laughs> this and that and we care about wellness and it's like you care about wellness so much that you're going to offer me $25 a class which means I have to teach 600 classes a week <laughs> to like pay my <laughs> yeah like yeah like you know like off. and you're so inclusive that you're paying poverty wages like I you, yeah like, you're using these words and they do not mean what you are are pretending they mean like like being inclusive needs to also be providing people um and especially like marginalized people who Mm. are are claiming to want to uplift in these yoga spaces with an actual rate that they can live off of Mm -hmm. and I, i also like you said like i think that a lot of the stuff we're talking about right now is considered very taboo and i just want to say to all the listeners that like, this is not, we're not here to just bitch and complain. We're here to start a conversation. And you none of these things, bitch and complain, like yeah, I a little, <laughs> <laughs> me too, a little bit, a little bit. Well, but- I think, I think wait, what's important is that obviously raising awareness is for mm-hmm. a reason and yeah. something that like we do Bradshaw in our trainings mm-hmm. when we are doing a 200 hour, which we do not pump out 200 hour training, but something I always tell 
my TTs is like, please do not take these jobs for $25 an hour. If you just want to get your foot in the door and you know, it's like, I'll say this out loud. I don't care. LA fitness. They pay like 20, between 20 and $25 for their yoga teachers. Like if you don't care that that's the pay and you have another source of income for now, but, and you just want like a place to practice Mm -hmm. because you know, LA fitness is never going to pay more than that. I'm, I'm, I just don't think they are, um, then, okay, take that. But if you were serious about teaching yoga and you want to make this a career for you, for yourself, you need to set a standard from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I think obviously your beginning standard can be a lot less than your like 500 hour and your 10 years teaching experience standard. But if you take that 25 an hour, it's going to be so much harder to build up to what you need. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Thank you. Amy, I have a <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Gigi. We love you. Thank you, Gigi. But I want our listeners to know that too. Like don't yeah. undervalue yourself from the start because it's yeah. so much harder to grow from there. Amy, in, t- in, in terms of, again, and like the, the place that you were managing uh, for a while and you came to Chicago to open up that space, were, were, were there changes that you were trying to make? They're like, oh, the, this place seems to be open to growth and like you're saying, feedback and um, inclusivity, all those buzzwords. Uh, and then that just wasn't the case that you were like, I can't do this. 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> if you could all just see, we, we could leave it. We could leave it at that. A hundred percent. I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this. Um, no, no, you don't have to talk about it. I, I want, would just. Say I anything. want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. There were things that I wanted to change, and I was in a position to do so in theory. And mm. there's a lot of work that I did there with my position that I really stand by and really, you know, I was, I was like leading continuing education for our teachers in addition to like coaching them. And there was a lot of like helping people really find their voice and Mm -hmm. like grow professionally and grow their confidence and their sense of self you know, I was bringing in continuing education around like trauma-informed yoga. We were talking about like cultural appropriation. We were talking about like all of these things like that I really do stand by. Um, I also think that I felt very blindsided when 2020 happened. There were a lot of conversations being had where a lot came to light that I felt had been like part of my job was to see incoming feedback from our clientele and be able to um, bring that to our teachers in like a constructive way. So as all this is coming up kind of very publicly and there were uh, a lot of very um, legitimate concerns being voiced like on social media and things like that about clients per like former um, experiences at this place that I felt that I had not seen had been kept from me and also were things that I 
had been trying to address that I was not taken seriously in, in addressing. And it was just kind of like, oh yeah, Amy, we'll do that. And then it's not carried over to another aspect Mm -hmm. of the business or it's not fully implemented. So I felt personally very like, um, it was, it was emotional to see like all these horrible experiences coming to light when it's like, damn, that's a thing that I, I wanted to change and I wanted to influence. And I wasn't really, um, I wasn't taken seriously or, or given the, the resources or the support to do so. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a big part of why I, that, and then some of the, um, you know, I, I'm sure other places have done this. That's a big part of why I chose not to go back there with the reopening post pandemic. And also there was a pay restructure. Mm. I'm I'm sure maybe other places have done this too, where they were like, okay, here's our reopening. Here's what the new pay is. And I was like, oh no, no. And I told them they were using the pandemic as an excuse to pay teachers less. And they were like, we're not doing that. We're just paying less because XYZ pandemic related things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <was like> <laughs> You're saying the same thing, but okay. Yeah, there was a, a couple um, local corporate places that I worked for that I quit because they went from paying me one rate to paying me a third of that rate. And I was just like, I can't teach for that yeah, much. That is absurd. Same. And I just told them, and they, they were the this person that won, run that program um, was very understanding. She's like, I get it. Good for you. Yeah. I was like, I can't do it. Not her. I mean, it wasn't coming from her. He was coming from above her and she had no control over that, over that, but she was like, no, I get it. I was like, I can't teach for this. This is insane. Yeah. But like, I know there's influences outside of their control, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you've had to be closed for X amount of time. I'm not speaking about just this one place, but yeah, a lot of places like you had to shut down. You didn't get government assistance. Yes. That can be potentially devastating. We've seen a ton of studios close their doors permanently because of it. And also as a teacher, that's not my problem. Um, mm-hmm. I should still get the rate that I deserve to get. And it is mm-hmm. your job as a studio owner to secure the funding needed for that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I was going to say something before, but now it's like moments past, but I think because we're like nearing the end of a conversation, I kind of want to like wrap up in a way where we can bring a little bit of positivity to the conversation of like, besides, you know, through teacher trainings and telling students, you know, don't accept this rate. What can all the people who are still trying to rebuild after pandemic or trying to find their way in the yoga world? How can we create, I guess, the change we want to see in the industry? Yeah, I think a talk to your fellow teachers Mm -hmm. you know you're thinking about maybe applying somewhere and you see that you know this teacher that works there or maybe you don't know them go meet them and be like hey what has your experience been like here what do you think about this like take care of each other in that way share opportunities if you see that someplace is hiring but your schedule's stacked, but you know, so-and-so might be looking for a job, like share that with them. Like don't gatekeep good opportunities, share the wealth, Mm -hmm. like taking care of each other. Like we have to be transparent with each other. We have to advocate for each other. Um, and that's how we collectively shift change. 
I also think like believe in yourself and you like build your own thing you know Mm -hmm. you could get it's it's hard like I'm not gonna sugarcoat that like there's so much kind of behind the scenes work to do when you're just you know teaching direct clients or you're putting together your own class but Mm -hmm. like don't underestimate yourself if that's something that you want that way you can charge your own rates you cut out the middleman of Mm -hmm. this studio taking a slice of it um, so if that's something that you want, like believe in investing in yourself and generating your own business, not someone else's business. Yeah. I love that. And I think like anyone who's transitioned to teaching online, we've all like, in a way we're like, why teach for a studio online when I could teach for myself online and like did that a little bit. It's kind of scary for studios, I'm sure. But in any, in any, um, aspect of your yoga teaching career, you can, build it on your own. There are, I just want to like go over this quickly. Cause I feel like we give a lot of tips sometimes to newer teachers. There are so many different streams of revenue you can have as a yoga teacher, private clients, one-on-one corporate clients, not the corporate gym or franchisee setting, but like, you know, teaching directly to like Google or whatever it is. I'm just throwing that out there. And, um, doing things at a park or so on. Like you can, you can build it, get a permit, find a way. If you want it bad enough, there's always a way to try to start something. I also think that it's like adding on to what Amy said about like kind of banding together is like banding together for pay, like get all the teachers together. And it's like, if this, if this place is not paying well, like it needs to be brought up and there's always power in numbers. And I think that sometimes if you are trying to do something and like be the person to put yourself out there, it can be very scary doing it alone. So if you can, you know, if you can get people that are on the same page and you can approach it in a way that's um, constructive, I think it can be more beneficial. You know, the mm-hmm. more people, the more they're willing to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Ideally, we would like, I don't, <laughs> I don't see this happening because especially in yoga, yoga in America, right? Like so hyper individualistic um, mm-hmm. and weirdly toxic in a lot of ways. But like, ideally, we would like yoga teachers would like unionize. And I was going to say they have a union. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> unionize. Wait, I have a really silly quick game we've done this once before kill marry fuck instead of that we call it cancel explore commit cancel explore commit commit okay hot yoga corporate yoga or outdoor yoga that's good <laughs> cancel, explore, commit. and then say the three corporate corporate outdoor, outdoor and hot, hot. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> I want to cancel. Are we talking about corporate yoga and like I teach at Google or are we talking about? No, we're talking like franchisee. Yeah. Okay. Corporate. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to cancel <laughs> franchise corporate yoga. I'm going to commit to hot yoga. It's just like I said, came to it basic. So <laughs> it's part of me. And then I'm going to explore outdoor yoga. I, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. I'm not either. <laughs> Jenna loves it. I fucking hate teaching outdoors. I hate it. I shouldn't say I hate it. I don't say it because if anyone has any opportunities for me, I will teach outside. 
<laughs> I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite because you have to scream. And then there's like mats flying everywhere. And then like once the woman in the back can't so, hear so you. So Bradshaw is killing outdoor yoga. I mean, it's canceling hot. it. I'm like, I'm like literally teaching and I'm like hiding at, like in a tree across the street because it's so hot. Okay. Well, Bradshaw, this is a really great segue for our funny story time. Oh, I'll tell you something. This is really funny. I didn't tell you this yet. So uh, we, I was waiting for a student to give me uh, a check at a place that I work <laughs> and I, for a retreat that we're going on and I didn't, I forgot. And I went to the bathroom for 20 minutes and they were waiting outside. Oh my of God. The <laughs> they were waiting outside. They're like, I'm the trying to pay you. Holding the check. And I was like, I'm so sorry. That's embarrassing. That's I'm embarrassing. Gonna... She goes, We've all been there. And I was like, I wasn't even going to the I like like went to the bathroom and just sat there, you know, when you're just like oh sitting on God. I was just sitting on the toilet on my phone for like 20 minutes. Sometimes that's your safe space at the studio. Yeah, that is though. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't want to go downstairs. I just want to go like, I want to be in a stall and I don't want anyone to know I'm there. I do. I go and hide there a lot. Actually, You put your if feet up. Literally, we have like a, a special like a uh, gender neutral, like ADA bathroom at, at my studio. And it, it is notoriously the teacher's like safe space because yeah, like, yeah. we'll just go in there. Like when you don't want to talk <laughs> to anyone for a little bit, like you're so on when you're there that like sometimes you just need a moment. So yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> well, what's your funny story? That was actually a perfect segue. Mine is not a funny story that has happened. It is a funny story that I have intrusive thoughts about it maybe happening. Okay. I teach at this studio. It is a beautiful space, but it's set up like an amphitheater kind of thing. Like the mats are all around the room and the, there's a platform up at the front for the teacher. Mm -hmm. And we have like crystal sound bowls. And because of the bowls, the space is like very, um, the sound is just very um, resonant. Mm. And so like, <laughs> during shavasana i play the bowls and i just like this is a little bts moment like for anyone who take, takes my class just know that while i'm playing these singing bowls in this like amphitheater style resonant space my there's this voice in my brain this intrusive voice that's like what if you farted so loud right now <laughs> like what if you just <laughs> I would say, I would say, you know, they say explore. I would explore that. I would actually just far, far, even, you know, shit yourself and see shit in the bowl, actually shit in the bowl. That's ridiculous. That's so gross. And those white bowls, gross. Oh my God. But have you been to Integatron in Joshua Tree by any chance? No. Well, it's also like a dome and they do crystal bowls, but like people will fall asleep. And then, so if someone snores on one side of the room, it's like projected on the other side. So I'm just picturing this now with a fart and like, <laughs> it's like amplified in the exact opposite spot. <laughs> trying to be peaceful and cultivate this lovely Shavasana. And that is my focus, but also there is a part of my brain that's just like, Oh my God, what if you farted? What if you had to? What if you did? What if you didn't need to, but it just came out? It'd be so loud. It would vibrate everywhere. Everyone would hear it. Like, oh my goodness, it's hilarious. Um, my funny story this week is really simple and I think it's on brand. So I got a job that asked me to sign an NDA. 
for my pay rate because I was getting paid more than the other teachers and they did not want the other teachers to know, but here's, here's the thing. I was only getting paid $40. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why, why do I have to sign this again? Like, Like, yeah. It's like the, actually it's the opposite. Like they didn't want everyone to how little they pay you and how much they were taking advantage of you. (laughs) That's what I would think, but apparently they were paying 30 or something, maybe less to some other teachers. So, um, yeah, there's that. (laughs) I don't think I'll sign one of those again though. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Amy. Before we sign off, let people know where they can find you. And if you have anything coming up or anything else you want to promote. Absolutely. They can find me on my website, amyapgar.com. That's all of my happenings and offerings. Um, They can also find me on Instagram at Amy Ritual. I am doing um, one-on-one yoga, but also super into like strength training things. So if you're looking for like a mindful, but also badass approach to getting strong and feeling good, then find me. Check out Amy. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. This is so fun. (laughs) All right. We'll catch up soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Ra ra ah roma roma ma ga ga hula la one shield better romance.